0: All right, Byron, you want to come up and preach a bit? Maybe, maybe so. Maybe no, maybe so. <laughs> That's right. Although I'm going to pray for Byron, then I'm going to pray for y'all too, because yeah, 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 we need prayer. Well, Lord, just be in this place this morning. Lord, we so are so thankful for this ministry, the ministry of the word that we receive from Byron week in and week out, the heart that he has to receive and then pour out to us. So, Lord, I just pray that you would use him as a conduit this morning, Lord, and I pray for the hearts of the congregation this morning, that our hearts would be fertile ground to receive the word that you have for us, and be with us, Lord. Amen. 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 The Lord's good, isn't he? Yeah, <clears throat> yeah he's real good. Woo, Do you feel the fear of the Lord this morning coming in on the worship? Yeah. Tony called it the reverence factor, or reverence level. That might be a way of saying it, But it was, there's more, the Lord's got more for us, right? How many people are interested in the more of the Lord? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You got to pull on it. He'll give you more. Amen. Well, there's demons around too, right? Anybody had any encounters with demons lately? (laughs) You got to get them off of you. They'll show up at bad times, like in the middle of the night. Yeah, but you can always tell them to leave and they will. Yeah, they'll obey you. Uh, so, mm, thank you, Lord. Yep. So, I'm going to read this verse this is out of Reve- the book of Revelation. Not Revelations, but Revelation. How many people call the book of Revelation Revelations? Have you ever thought about that? It's, it's Revelations. Revelation of Jesus Christ. That's the title of the book. It says in uh, Revelation 1. I love that word revelation. That's a really important word. Uh, The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants things which must shortly take place. And he sent and signified it by his angel and to his servant John, who bore witness to the word of God. Everybody say word of God. Boy, that's such a powerful phrase. And to the testimony of Jesus Christ. If you're not a, a word person, uh, I would like for you to just repent this morning, honestly. Because in the days we live in, the word of the Lord is a sword. And we're going to need it more and more uh, to, to handle situations and to deal with the darkness that's trying to attach itself to people. So, uh you know, the way your faith is uh, is built up is, in, is, number one, in the Word, and number two, uh, doing the Word. In other words, you can't, your faith will not be built up if all you are in. The, if you're just in the Word, it's like eating all the time, right? You're just going to get fat, right? You're just going to be a big old fat guy walking around. But if you'll get in the Word and do the Word, if you can eat like all you want, and But if you exercise, you can put some muscle on. That's what you and I need to be doing. Because faith is important. And Faith comes by hearing, right? Faith comes by hearing. Hearing comes by the Word of God. You see, that's why the Word of God is, is important. Faith doesn't come by the Word of God. Faith comes by hearing. Hearing comes by the Word of God. So you had to put all that together. And make the word of God uh, a primary factor in your life. And as you do that, God will, uh, your faith will be activated. And it's going to take some faith now to to really come into everything that God has for us. Am I talking to anybody in this room? Okay, well, praise the Lord. Anyways, back to the book of Revelation and the word of God. And to the testimony of Jesus Christ uh, and to all things that he saw. He saw some stuff. Blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written in it, for the time is near. Wow! First, I just want to say again this this uh, is the, this is a book of the revelation of Christ Himself. Okay, that's important. Like I say, Revelation is really important. Uh, I wanted to read one of my favorite verses I'm hanging there in Revelation. If you if most of y'all don't even carry Bibles. Tony does. Tony and Cindy, they got real Bibles, right? Anybody else got a real Bible in their hand? This one, raise your hand if you got a real Bible. Well, that's cool. You know You know why I don't carry one? Because I can't do this. You know how you do that with your device? Giant text. <laughs> yeah, the giant text thing. Is just It makes for a really big, heavy book. <laughs> but I appreciate people who carry it. Someone was saying years ago that they were going to have an app. Right? Or you could turn the pages on your device and it would make a sound like you were turning the pages of a Bible. I thought, that's cool, man. Come on. But I'm going to read this verse out of the New International Version, better known as the Nearly Inspired Version. It's not my favorite version of the Bible, but this is one verse in, this, in that book, in that whole Bible that they got it 100% right. I keep asking... This is Ephesians 1:17, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father. Isn't that beautiful? The God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father. Lord, give us a revelation of the glorious Father. The God of our, of our Lord Jesus Christ may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you might know him better. Isn't that beautiful? That's the whole purpose. For the spirit of wisdom and revelation is for us, number one, is to know the Lord Jesus, to know the glorious Father, and obviously know the Holy Spirit better. And that's really a great prayer for you to pray over and over and over in your life. I think I've said this many times. I pray that prayer at least two times a day. When I get in bed at night, I pray it. When I wake up in the morning, I'm praying it. And I, you know, put my own spins on it. I'll tell you, if you start praying it, It's a prayer that God will answer, right? Isn't that what Jesus said? If you be an evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give good things to those who what? To those who what? Ask him. If you'll ask the Lord for the spirit of wisdom and revelation, he will begin to impart that into your heart. He'll begin to release that. But he's looking for people who really are, he's looking for people who want it. You know, everything that God has is right here for us, but it's, many times it's just hidden. It's hidden because he just don't sling it out there for everybody to trample on. He puts it out there for us who are looking for it and who desire it. Amen? Amen. They're going to have to help me. So one of the greatest gifts that God has given us is the ability to see him, the ability to hear him and connect with him. It really is the, the spirit of wisdom and revelation is really the foundation to live a supernatural life. If you're interested in walking in the spirit, if you're interested in being a fruitful believer, one who they were talking about following the light, this is how we're to do it. And God has made this available to us that we can become everything that he desires us to be. It's the, it's the vital revelation. It's the vital thing that we must have. It's the foundation of everything spiritual, to be supernatural, to be a spiritual person, to be a heavenly person is, the, is wisdom and revelation. And it's a gift from God. Many of the decisions that we make in life require revelation and require wisdom. Not every decision, obviously. I mean, I don't need any revelation about what pair of underwear I'm going to put on, right? I just need clean ones, right? Come on. I just need to look in the drawer and make sure there's some in there, Okay, I don't need God to say, all right, today you're going to wear the blue ones. You know, I decide what color I'm going to wear. Now, God could interject himself into my thing, right, and say, no, I don't like them blue underwear you're wearing. Okay, I've told you what color underwear I have on. That's too much information. This church will ruin you, man. Last week I broke my tooth. I just just almost destroyed my vocal cords. You know, I couldn't hardly even sing. We came in here Friday night, and at me I started singing and started hurting because I'd strained them so bad. I blame it on the church. Amen? (laughs) But there's many decisions we make. We need a word from the Lord, right? And I'll tell you this, y'all. We're headed in a direction. We're headed to a place Where what I'm talking about, about revelation and wisdom, where it's not going to be just a church thing. It's not going to be something that preachers talk about and that Christians, you know, get excited about. It's going to be a need. It's going to be necessary. And I'll tell you, there's going to be a generation, maybe my generation, maybe my children, maybe my grandchildren, where this will absolutely be the thing that will keep them alive on the earth. You know, where, you know, where you hear the Lord speak to you and say, do not go there today because if you, because something bad could happen there, right? Yes. And so we need to become these people of revelation and wisdom, you know, and so um, I wanted to tell you this, this is, it, just so you know, the the Greek meaning of revelation is Apocalypse. Doesn't that sound scary and weird? you know, the apocalypse of Jesus Christ, that just brings to, to your mind all kinds of bad things, right? If you read, if you read this revelation, it, there's some bad stuff in there. It's scary stuff, but it's not a scary thing. Revelation is beautiful. Revelation is wonderful. Wisdom is beautiful. Wisdom is wonderful. We should be people who pursue that. I'll just, I'm going to get off this, but this is what Paul said. I will Go on to visions and revelation of the Lord. That's in 2 Corinthians twelve. I will. You and I need to be people who adopt that verse. We need to be people to say, "I will." I personally, I will. Not just Paul. I will. Paul didn't do that because he was an apostle. He didn't have that right just because he was an apostle. He, we have that right because Paul right here is praying for. Ephesians Christians, normal Christians, everyday people to have this revelation and wisdom working in their life. And you and I should be people who pursue this. And if we're not doing this, if you're not doing this, let me just say, say something. to you. You're you making a mistake. You're making a bad mistake with your life. What are you doing with your life? Okay. Because you're going to need this. This is what's going to help you. It's going to help you with your children. It's going to help you with your grandchildren. It's going to help you on your job. It's going to help you in every area of your life. It's going to help you with your health. You know, it's, all of this, this is what we need. This is that the need of the hour. Well, I've said enough about that, right? Yes. Well, the book, I'm going back to the book of Revelation. Let me tell you, this is very interesting here. I found this to be quite fascinating. There are 24, 24 distinct, distinct, y'all know what distinct means, descriptions Of Jesus in Revelations chapter 1 alone. 24. There's 18 descriptions in in chapters 2 and 3. Okay. So there's a total of 42 and 3. Listen, the revelation of Jesus Christ. This is insanity. In three chapters, there's 42 descriptions of this person of Jesus. No wonder they named it the revelation of Jesus. Okay, the book, the whole book, if you take the whole book, and, and uh, granted, some of them are, are repeated, 90 descriptions of Jesus Christ in the book of Revelation. 90 descriptions. That's powerful. In other words, there's this revelation of this person, what they're trying to tell us, okay? Uh, and we, okay, let me say it like this. We love, I hope you do, I love, Becky loves, the Jesus of the Gospels. Don't you love him? Don't you just love that person walking on the earth? Okay, don't you love imagining he got dirty. He needed his feet washed. You know, don't you just, don't you? That's why I love that show, The Chosen, because it brings a, I just think, oh, wow, they've captured something there about Jesus. Maybe it's not 100% perfect. Obviously, it's not, because it was created by imperfect people, but they have captured a beautiful version of the Lord, the best that I've ever seen. You know, and we love that version of Jesus. I I, I just absolutely love the Jesus of the Gospels. But you know what? It's not enough. It's not enough. If it was enough, there wouldn't be this book. There would not be this book. This book is in here to tell us about another version. Uh, I'm not really saying that well. Another picture. Let me tell you something. First, let me read this to you, okay? I'm just getting excited about this. I I shouldn't be so excited, should I? Let me read uh, John 20, verse 17 to you. This is after Jesus was resurrected from the dead. This is before he was showing up much. This is right after Mary Magdalene. Y'all know who Mary Magdalene was. They got her good in that show, Chosen, also. Have y'all any? If you haven't watched that, please watch it. Yeah, it's really good, but they capture her very well in that, that show also. Mary Magdalene, you know, she had all of these demons, and she was she was a bad woman, you know. She was a bad girl, you know, and, and she met Jesus, and he did something for her. He fixed her life, you know. She probably had the bad girl disease, right? She probably did. I mean, Jesus he completely healed her life. Uh, y'all never heard that term, but if you grow up. Where I grew up, that was a common term. You know, so your mama would tell you, uh-uh, stay away from her. She might have the bad girl disease. Like, what the heck is that, mama? Mama, what are you talking about? Well, anyways, so uh, let me read this to you. My mama would be mad at me for telling you all this this morning, if she were alive. Jesus said to her, she was grabbing Jesus, because she, she so loved Jesus, and she was looking for Jesus, okay? And she thought Jesus, I just love it. I'm just giving you one verse. It says that she saw this, she saw Jesus, and it says, she's supposing him to be the gardener. There's something very powerful and prophetic in this, that story because it goes back to the original garden. Okay, it was like Jesus in the you know, God walking in the in the garden in the cool of the day, and suddenly He's resurrected and He shows up in a garden with this woman, and and He speaks to her, and she re- realizes it's Him, because uh, she was saying, "Where have you put my Lord?" You know, thinking He was the gardener, and and she was, and when He spoke to her, she recognized Him. She, Becky was talking about this voice. That was real prophetic what she was saying, y'all. Y'all better hear this. Listen to me. I'm telling you what she was prophesying over us up there. That wasn't her just being trying to sing a song. That was the prophetic word of the Lord. You need to, if you didn't get it, get, go back and listen to it today. Because the Lord was trying to tell us something. He was trying to tell us what we need to be doing in this hour. And it was about his voice. Am I being too aggressive? Well, if I am, I'm sorry. I got aggressive last night because I had this demon messing with me. And I finally figured out how to do it because I, I got to sleep, man. You know, <laughs> That's what I was saying. I got to sleep here. I got to get this thing out of, my, out of my sphere. Anyways, let me just read this and stop, okay? Jesus said to her, do not cling to me. Everybody say cling on. You ever watch Kling? Uh, you know the Klingons were the best, man. Well, that's what she was. You know they call some people that Klingons. You know boyfriend, girlfriend, that guys, guys a Klingon. Anyways, um, I just need to stop doing this. You know, go home. The reverence of the Lord was in here earlier, and now it's completely gone. It's like the Lord, like I'm not staying here with this. This is powerful. For I have not yet ascended to my Father, but go to my brethren. This is one of the most powerful statements. Uh, The first, I'll never forget it. Uh, My first Easter as a believer, the pastor at Becky's church, because I was there because she was there, you know. That's what you do, right? So I went and I stole her from this. I always tell people, it was an Assembly of God church. Like, I will always be indebted to Assemblies of gods because I went into their church and got Becky and stole her from them. And I, anyways, it was a really, the pastor was really amazing, even though he was only 24 years old. Yeah, he was young. Back in the day, that kind of stuff happened, right? But he was brilliantly gifted. Uh, but this is what Jesus said. I'm ascended to my father, isn't that beautiful, and your father. That was what he was, that was the powerful results of the resurrection. Is that suddenly God is not only Jesus' father, but he's our father. Man, I'll never forget when he said that, how it just struck me at the time. It took me like 40 something years to kind of, for it to come a reality, but it really became, that was the seed that went into my heart that moment about knowing the Father and to my God and your God. So, Anyways, we're, we're really familiar and comfortable with the Jesus of the Gospels. We're, we're a lot like her. You know, the Lord reveals himself to us in a beautiful way, and we cling to that. And I, I love that. I want to cling. I cling, cling, cling. But here we have this beautiful Lord who is not one-dimensional. We have this beautiful Jesus. That there's other parts to him. And that's why there was this uh, book of Revelation that was written is to really bring us into, to know the Lord in a more fuller and completer, complete way. Because if you really study the book of Revelation, uh, there's all these seven churches, seven spirits, you know, seven this, seven that. It's, it's a book of fulfillment. It's the fullness. And that's what the, that's what they're trying to do in this book, was to bring a fuller picture of who Christ is, the really essence of who he is, what he's truly like, what he's really like. That's, that's really the, the point of the book and his plans for the future. He wants us to know his plans for the future, even though it's a hard-to-understand book now because he hasn't pulled the veil back for us yet to understand some of these mysterious sayings. Um, I just wanted to tell you this little story out of my life. um, is, um this was like a long time ago, too. I'm a slow learner, uh, but as a, as a young believer, uh, I came to a place in my life. And I think I've told this story many times in my life. Isn't it amazing how you can have this encounter experience with the Lord 40, 41 years ago? And it's just as real and and burns in my heart today as it did for me. Whenever I think about it, it's just outstanding to me. Because it really redirected and reshaped my entire life. I was headed in one direction in my life as a believer, what I believed I was supposed to do in my life. But that encounter shifted everything for me. Okay, but this was simply what I was at a very, I was in a dark place. You ever been in a dark place? I was in a dark place. I was in a low place. I was broken my Christianity wasn't working so well. It wasn't turning out the way I thought it should. It wasn't like everybody else's Christianity. Are y'all getting me? Have you ever just been in that place when you were just absolutely, you felt destroyed. You you felt like you were on the outside looking in. Nothing, and, and it wasn't just my Christianity. It was every area of my life was, I felt like it was coming unglued. I just, I was—I had all these terrible things that had happened to me. I'm absolutely, tra- I was walking through personal tragedy. I mean, absolute tragedy. I mean, Becky and I were were very broken. I was much worse than her, although I was able to hide it because <laughs> I'm good at keeping my feelings to myself most of the time. But so I had this moment with the Lord one night where I was just—I was at the end of my rope. You know, I didn't know what I was going to do, and. You know, at the end of the road, the best thing you can do is let go. But, you know, it's kind of hard to let go, right? God has to get you to that place where you'll let go. But this is what the Lord, the Lord spoke to me. I'll never forget it. It was as clear as a bell. It was clear as a bell. I couldn't, I can't say for sure it was an audible voice, but it was louder than anything else I've ever heard in my life. And this is what he said. Because I was telling him, like, Lord, this is not working I was so angry and I was so frustrated, you know, and he said, Byron, my face is like a diamond. It has many sides to it. You would be wise if you would spend the rest of your life getting to know me as I reveal myself to you. That's what he said to me. And I can't explain it to this day, but when he said that to me, I got up off the dirt I was in. I got in my truck and I went home. I was at peace. And none of my circumstances instantly changed, but somehow I knew, somehow I had a moment with heaven and I knew what I was supposed to do with my life. I knew I was supposed to do exactly what he said to me. Get to know him as he reveals him to me. And I have tried to, in my life, I've tried, tried the best I can is whatever God's doing to find him in it, and not require God to be the God that He was yesterday to me today, is let God be God, however He wants to be to me. Then that's a very challenging thing. And I didn't really realize in the Book of Revelation that there were ninety different descriptions. There's that diamond, right? There's that diamond. All these different views of Jesus, all these different looks. See, we see a different Jesus in Revelation than we see in the gospel. We see a very resolute, very aggressive, very pointed, very on target Jesus going after things in Revelation that we don't see in the gospel, you know? And that is the Jesus that we're gonna need to see, begin to see, because I don't believe we'll ever really understand the book of Revelation until we begin to see the Jesus of Revelation. Do you understand what I'm saying? See, we're trying to interpret the book of Revelation from the Jesus of the Gospels. It's just not going to work, y'all, because because that's the book. He's trying to tell us this is the Jesus of Revelation. When you begin to get to know the Jesus of Revelation, you can begin to understand what he's talking about, what he's trying to reveal. Are y'all following this? That's just my belief, and I don't really believe I'm there yet, but okay, all righty. Are y'all okay? I didn't say nothing. All right. There's a blessing. That last verse, number uh, whatever was it, number four, verse four, where it says, "Blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written in it, for the time is near." There's, in other words, this is the only book in the Bible that has a guaranteed blessing attached to it. That if we'll read it, if we'll hear it, and if we will keep it we can be guaranteed and assured of a blessing. Are you following me? That's pretty big, right? You won't find that in any other book in the Bible. It's the only book. That's profound to me. Like, wow. I think somehow God had to throw, you know, throw a little, you know, let's let's bait them a little bit because they're going to read this and not get it and not want to read it, right? So I'm going to give them a blessing if they'll read it. And there are some a lot of practical things uh in there that we can obey. In fact, here's what I I've, I've been thinking lately. I've been thinking about in chapter 2 and chapter 3, there's seven churches that got a got a message. I'm thinking, man, that's that's we need to find out what Jesus told those seven churches. Let's just do that, church. Have you have you thought that? Let's just do what he said to those people. That that's some of the greatest advice for the end-time church there is instead of all this other Stuff that we're all into that we think we know something about. I thought that pretty, I, that's pretty, that's what I'm going to do. I've already decided that. I'm going to do that. I'm going to find out what he told those people, and I'm going to align myself up with it. And I'm going to get a blessing out of it. Okay? All right, I'm going to move on here. I think. And this is in verse 4 of Revelation, or chapter 1. Okay, so here he is. He's starting to address these churches. Oh, this is profound here, y'all. Not many people think about this when when they think about reading the book of Revelation. They don't think about these verses right here, but these verses are absolutely essential. John to the seven churches which are in Asia, and that was, uh, I think, like southern Turkey at the time. Grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come. And from the seven spirits who are before his thrones. Did you catch that? Seven spirits. That ain't seven holy spirits. But that's, that's another thing this book does. It gives us a revelation of the Holy Spirit that we haven't seen yet. Not only is there a revelation of Jesus, there's a revelation. The seven spirits before his throne is a fullness of the Holy Spirit. A fullness that we have not seen yet. A fullness that we don't understand yet. But there's going to be a revelation of the Holy Spirit along with this revelation of Jesus. And it's necessary because you can't have a revelation of Jesus' fullness apart from a revelation of the Holy Spirit's fullness. Are y'all with me on this? I feel like y'all not. But I'm just not going to trust my feelings like, Becky, I feel like you're mad at me. No, I'm not mad at you. You can go cook your own supper though. I don't care how you feel. I'm not mad. <laughs> right? Anyways. Okay. Grace to you and peace from who is and who was and the seven spirits God who are before us throne and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead and the ruler over the kings of the earth. Ruler, Jesus is the ruler. Listen, he was trying to tell us something. He was trying to set us up for something. He was saying something bad is coming. There's some bad stuff coming into the earth. That's what John was trying to hint at here. But don't you worry because Jesus is the ruler. As a matter of fact, he releases some of that bad stuff. Let that have your little theology today. Let your little theology figure out, oh, what about God is good and why is he opening these seals? Have you thought about that? And some bad things came out of them seals. Well, you know, like I say, we need a full revelation of Jesus to understand that. Anyways, um, so first of all, he's, uh, he's wanting us to know that in every situation, every situation, no matter what it is, grace and peace is available. So what he said, grace and peace. That's, and that God wants you to have grace. God wants you to have peace. You know, that's what he's looking to give people. He wants, and, and this is something we all need right now. We need to have grace and peace. We need to be able to trust God that he's going to take care of us. No matter what the situation is. No matter what. And I think a lot of our problems with the fear and the stuff that we're so ate up with, the, the fear and the the divisive spirits that keep trying to come at us, uh, it's because we're not really having a, a trust with the Lord. We're not, we're not walking in his grace. We're not walking in his peace. We're not allowing the peace of God to rule in our hearts. And we're not allowing the grace of God to empower us to, to be and do everything he's asked us to do. And so John, before he talks about this beautiful encounter he had with the Lord, he wants everybody to know grace and peace is yours. It's available, and it's always available, no matter what. And when you get down the road here and start seeing some of this insane stuff that he says is going to happen, just remember grace and peace. And just remember that Jesus is the king over all this. He's in charge. He's not lost. He's not lost the battle, okay? Are y'all with me on that? In other words, if you, if your children, y'all, if, y'all, if you have children and they are always worried about they were going to be taken care of, that you were going to take care of them. I and you had the means to take care of them, obviously. Right? What, what can, you'd, you'd say, there's something wrong with that situation. Why are these kids always worried about their parents? They're going to have food. They're going to be clothed. You would say that was a dysfunctional, messed up situation. Well, a lot of the church is like that today. We're really like that. We have a father who wants to take care of us and wants to love us, but we're like kids, like, well, is he going to? Or we are going to have food tomorrow? Is something bad going to happen to Is he going to take care of me? You know, am I going to get another job if I lose my job? How am I going to pay my rent? All these things that we go through, and Jesus wants us to come to a place where we really can truly trust him, and we're going to need that in these times ahead. If we don't, our children will. Somebody is going to walk through the pages of this book, and it's just time for us to lay a foundation, whether it be us or them, so we, they can walk or we can walk right into the future. That's what I believe. yeah mm-hmm. But this is probably one of the most powerful statements, uh, maybe one of the most vital statements there ever is, to him who loved us. Isn't that beautiful? And washed us. Washed being past. Isn't it? Washed us from our sins in his own blood. Isn't that a powerful statement? You see, right? That, I mean, if you could just walk out and get anything out of this book, that would be something you would need to know that you've been washed. You, your sins have been washed away past tense. If, there, if, you have, if you're being plagued, You need to know something. Your sins have been washed away. They were done away with at the cross. He washed them. He made you white as snow. I don't know that we always believe that. We're a lot of us walking around feeling bad about stuff we did years ago or maybe last night. Right? Where God says, I've washed you. Believe that. Trust that. Let that work in your heart and stop sinning. Right? I don't think y'all are listening to me. And has made us kings and priests to His God and Father. To Him be the glory and dominion, forever and ever. Amen. Kings and priests. Isn't that a beautiful thing? For kings and we, we stand we we stand before the Lord Almighty as children first, but also as kings and priests. See, he's right away. He's trying to give us an idea of identity that the end time people are going to be. They're, they're going to be children. And they're going to be kings and priests in the earth. What does kings and priests do? They represent. Priests represent the Father. And they represent His goodness to release His goodness into the earth. And kings represent His authority to release His authority in the earth. That's what God is looking for in the body of Christ. Do I have anybody who really believes this? He really is looking for people to get a revelation on their true authority. So they can become, they can function as a king on this earth. Kings don't, in the, in the Lord's kingdom, kings, kings serve. That's what they do. They serve. They don't have dominion over people. They have dominion over the darkness. They have dominion over the darkness. That's how you can get rid, that's why I say you can get rid of devils when they start messing with you. You can have dominion over them. You can can push them away from you. You can force them out of your house. You can literally force them out the door when they come in, you know? And they will come into your house because you walk around in this world and they'll get attached to you like Velcro. That's what I call them, Velcro demons. They'll hook up on them how and and then all of a sudden you'll be walking around depressed and messed up Thinking bad things, not realizing it's it's a demon. I don't think y'all might not believe that, but it's the truth. Because, but once you start seeing in the spiritual realm, you'll start seeing that be very true. You'll see that these demonic forces all around. I'll tell you this one little story I had. I gotta finish this, but this is this is true. Uh, So I was down in uh, uh, Cornelius. Um, Don't go down there, man. (laughs) I'm just joking. (laughs) I was down in Cornelius one day. Uh, I met somebody, and so I stopped at this uh, little shopping center there, and there was a golf shop there, so I thought I'd check it out. Anyways, just kind of look. I didn't spend that money, Becky. <laughs> anyway, so I went to this shop, and then I was going by, by the car, and there was this lady getting out of her car, and she and me and her kind of, you know, brushed. She was going one way, I was going the other way. So, and I get in my car, and I take off, and all of a sudden, my little nice, pure mind got filled with impurity. I mean, bad impurity. And I was like, oh, God, have mercy on me. I am so sorry. I'm such a bad person. I have all these lustful thoughts, Lord, and I'm thinking right now. I don't know why. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me. This is what he told me. He said, that woman that you just walked by just committed adultery there was a spirit of lust all over her. That's what he told me. He said, that's why, because that spirit, you, when you brushed up against her, that spirit touched you. You see what I'm saying? And see, I could have went on and thought I was the biggest jerk in the planet. And I could have went on and started agreeing with what I was thinking about. You hear what I'm saying? Instead of realizing this is, this is not me, this is the devil and he's trying to get me into something. He's trying to get me to think a certain way and be a certain way. And I was immediately able to like, no, I'm shutting this down right now. This is the devil. I'm not going with it. And I got, you know, it was, I was okay again. I went back to my real pure thinking. <laughs> and, I, and I went home, got in a fuss with Becky. <laughs> All right, let me just read this last and I'm going to finish. Uh, but this is, a, this is very powerful right here in verse 17. I love this phrase, and when I saw him. Okay, this is John speaking. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. Isn't that powerful? When I saw him. Now, I want you to put yourself in John's shoes. John was what the one they call the beloved disciple, Jesus' best friend. Okay? He was the guy who, at the Last Supper, put his, put his head on Jesus, heard, heard, man, he heard the heartbeat of God. He put his head, he felt the heartbeat of God beating as Jesus was sitting there. He felt that. He stood there when Jesus was dying on the cross and took Jesus' mom into his home and made her his mom. He saw the open tomb or the empty tomb. He saw it. Him and Peter saw it. He looked into it, saw that tomb was empty. He saw Jesus resurrected He saw him. He heard Jesus talk. He saw Jesus walk through a wall, okay? He heard Jesus talk for 40 days, okay? He watched Jesus be taken up on a cloud, okay? So this guy obviously had a lot of experience with Jesus, right? I'm just trying to get you to put yourself in his position. But now, all of a sudden, he sees Jesus, and what does he do? He falls down like a dead man, because the Jesus he saw was nothing like the Jesus. He had a little glimpse one day, John did, on the Mount of Transfiguration, because it says that Jesus' face shined like the sun. But this was even more powerful. He saw Jesus as he really is. He saw all the glory of Jesus, the full glory of Jesus revealed to him, and he, and he, the lover, the best friend of Jesus Christ, the guy who knew Jesus better than anybody else who ever walked the earth, fell down like a dead man. It, it, it was like he couldn't, he couldn't take it. His body couldn't take it. He couldn't take what he was seeing. Isn't that powerful? Does that not really say something to you? I mean, I mean, we all long for that. I mean, I'm longing for that experience. I'm longing for the day when the Lord just blows every circuit in my brain out because He's revealed Himself in a way I have never seen Him before. And, and the power of it, and I believe the Lord is going to bring his glory, y'all. There was a tiny bit I felt during the worship, just a tiny bit of a glory starting to leak into the room, and that's why Tony said to me, reverence. I feel a higher level of reverence. is because when the glory comes, reverence happens. People fall down before the Lord. People get, hide their face on the ground, because God has suddenly showed up in his splendor in a way that we've never experienced. Do we have any people in this room who that's the desire of your heart? Or do you have another desire of your heart? Do you have something else that really motivates you and drives you? See, that's the thing we have to ask ourselves because the end time people are gonna get a revelation of this person that other generations didn't have. The end time people are gonna begin to see the Lord in a way they've never seen him before and it's gonna blow their mind. They're gonna experience the Holy Spirit in a way they've never seen him before. It's, it's, it's gonna upend us. It's gonna upend us. But that's the thing that's going to get us through to, all the way to the end to when he takes us, takes us away with him. That is the only thing that's gonna get us there. The only thing is that revelation of Jesus Christ you know, the writer of Hebrews said, looking unto Jesus, looking unto Jesus the author and finisher of our faith. He was telling us, this is your answer. This is your answer. This is what you have to look to is this person. And I believe Jesus wants to pull back the veil and begin to reveal parts of him that we haven't seen before. I think a lot of the, a lot of the, the absolute crummy theology that we're hearing out there, or some, y'all might not be hearing, but I'm kind of keep up with what people are saying, and their new beliefs, and their new philosophies, they're not new, they're old stuff that's been proven wrong, and will be proven wrong over and over, but you know why, you know why we had that, because we have a lack of revelation of Jesus Christ, we have a lack of looking unto him, we've put our eyes on everything else, we put our eyes and, and, and looked to all these other things and we haven't really said he's the author and finisher. Am I talking to anybody in this room? You know? Yeah, I think that's important. So, yeah. Let me just finish reading those verses because they're kind of good, right? But he laid his right hand on me, saying to me, Do not be afraid. I'm the first and the last. Wow, this is pretty powerful. I am he who lives. And was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. Don't you love that? (laughs) And I have the keys. People don't believe there's a hell. What's Jesus got keys to? (laughs) I got the keys to hell. But somebody has decided there's no hell. What do I need to do with these keys? There's no door for them. I mean, y'all, come on. Jesus said this. He said it. The glorified, all-powerful Jesus, the glorious Jesus. This is not subject to interpretation. This is clear as a bell. I got to, see, that's just one of the crazy things. They forgot to read that verse. I got the keys, guys, to this place you say don't exist. It don't have to exist for you. But the only way it's not going to exist for you is me to lock it out where you don't have to go there. I'm just saying, y'all. I'm just saying that our greatest need in this hour is to see Him. And I believe the Lord really wants to reveal Himself to us in a a new way, in a fresh way. And we really can't cling, you know, we really can't cling to, to the old ways. Although, I think every revelation of Jesus is beautiful uh and will always be precious, but we don't want let we don't want the good of yesterday and the beauty of yesterday to hinder us into what God wants to bring us into now okay and i think so I think the Book of Revelation is an important book for the body of Christ right now. I think God wants to answer some some hearts and answer some questions um you know. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, amen. So I'm going to pray and let you go if you want to. (laughs) So, Lord, we just need you, Lord, this morning. Mm -hmm. Hey, I remember back, I think it was 2008. uh, Remember that song, that show, American Idol? Remember that TV show where people would sing and they would judge them and all this stuff? It was still on? Oh, interesting. I didn't know that. (laughs) Anyways, I remember... I think it was in 2008 or maybe it was seven. It was one of those years that at the close of the show, you know, the the grand finale of the show, you know, they had like the end of the season. They sang that song, Shout to the Lord. And it was so powerful. I mean, here it was on national television, him singing, Shout to the Lord. I mean, man, I remember that, Becky. We were sitting there watching it. And it was stunning to us. I mean, you could feel the power of God coming through the TV set Over that song, you know, because there's power there, you know, and that was just a little taste of God. That was just a little taste of him and what he wants to do for the world, you know, and that was really an invitation from, I felt it, that was an invitation from the Lord for the world, sang by the people of the world, but God was on it. And God was using it. He was inviting the world. Can we just end the game? Can we do that song one more time, y'all? To end? I mean, it's just precious, y'all. I'm telling you, if you don't feel like God is precious in your heart, I want you to gain, gain that where you feel like God is worth everything. He's worth it all. He's worth your life. He's worth everything because he's given everything. And maybe we could just end by, you know, declaring that song is because there's power on that song there's real holy ghost power in it and hasn't really left it so amen, amen. i hope y'all are okay this morning and yeah. i yeah. it's still morning we still have two or three minutes god bless you i want to just pray pray for you while they're getting ready because they take a minute this is a big deal doing all this with all these things you got to plug in and you know stuff used to be i could go and do sound in a church I look at that thing better, I ain't even touching it. Can you do something? No. I don't even know how to turn it on Harley. I can turn it on, but I wouldn't dare touch it. If I did, Jacob would beat me. But I want to pray for you, spirit of wisdom and revelation, to know Jesus Christ better. It's not just to be something or have something. I mean, all that can happen, but it's to know Jesus Christ better. Just to know him better. And I want that to be the cry of our heart. Always. Whatever it looks like. So Father. Paul prayed for the church at Ephesus. He prayed that the father of glory. The glorious father. That of the Lord Jesus Christ. Would give us. Give us. The spirit of wisdom. And revelation Lord. To know Jesus better. And Lord, that is the cry of my heart, and I pray it be the cry of every heart in this room to know you better, to experience you, to walk with you, to see you like we've never seen you before. Lord, I believe that's a prayer you're going to answer. I believe heaven wants to hear that prayer because heaven wants to, to answer this prayer over your life. And God's going to begin to show you things that you've never seen before. And you might, some of you are going to be shocked at what he's going to tell you. And that's why you need that wisdom. The wisdom when to keep your mouth shut. Because you might say something you saw that makes no sense yet. And people might not like it. Believe me. I shared, I think, a couple weeks ago that I saw something recently. It's like looking through a keyhole. And I realized, I looked into heaven, and I saw something. And I realized, if I told people what I saw, they would say I was a heretic. Literally, I would be a heretic. Because it was so, eye has not seen, ear has not heard what God has in store for us. The gospel, the good news, is much better than what we have perceived it to be. Much better. God is much better and greater and I believe he's going to begin to unveil himself to us and reveal himself to us in ways we've never seen. Lord, let that be the burning passion of our heart, Lord. Let it be the burning passion. Y'all ready? So God bless y'all. And we're going to sing this and you can do whatever.